Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top. Man, these boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been for spittle to them. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so dead with delight. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the medley, alright? The David Delight. The David Delight. Da 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 David Delight. Hey! Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're going to kind of move past this 2021 draft class, and we're going to focus in on the next season of the college football season. We'll kind of sprinkle in some of the 2021 uh, draft stuff closer to draft time, but Stoops and I are ready to kind of move on from this draft class and kind of focus in on some of the players next year, kind of get you prepared for your upcoming drafts and, you know, with the Debbie side, um, talk about some of the teams that have players missing. And we're going to do team previews on this episode. And then we're going to follow it up with a little bit of rankings. Um, as always, I'm joined by my partner Stoops. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Um, excited to do these. I think it's going to be, be a lot of fun. Obviously we've got some, uh, um, we got some responses on Twitter for some other teams that will, tackle in the upcoming weeks but yeah this idea kind of just just like hit me out of nowhere it was whenever i was frozen in because texas apparently gets snow now down here but anyway um luckily we're all past that and we're still not quite back to normal here you know grocery stores are still getting filled up and all that stuff but yeah the idea came to me and i was like man that that would be kind of cool like you know let's do that and then obviously we came up with the the first teams we're going to cover on our own and then we'll get to the other ones in the upcoming weeks but it'll be pretty fun yeah, but basically what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to transition into the 2021 college football season, and we're going to talk about some of the teams. Today, we're going to talk about North Carolina, and basically how we're going to break it down is their projected roster as it sits today. Obviously, a lot can change between now and August whenever football season does kick off, but we're going to highlight some of the recruits, some of the players that are uh, leaving the school as well, and then we're going to kind of break down position by position about their upcoming recruiting class and what we can look forward to. And some of the guys that you should keep an eye on for this upcoming season as well. Um, with that being said, we're also going to tackle our quarterback Debbie rankings. And what we're going to do there is we're going to kind of sprinkle these out through the next couple episodes. And we're going to do this with every position. But we're going to give you our Debbie rankings 15 through 11 at the quarterback position. But we're going to do that after we tackle the first team today, and that is North Carolina. Uh, some of the highlights from North Carolina this past season, obviously they had a big year. They were 8-4, and four, um, had the big bowl game against Texas A&M, which was 
it was a pretty good game. There's some highlights in there, some guys that I liked because a lot of the big time players didn't play in that game. Um, and then looking at the recruiting class from 2020, they were 13th ranked, 2021, 14th, and then 2022, they were 20th. Um, so funny. I actually looked it up today. Somehow it changed. Oh, nice. They're 16th nice. now. Nice. And I figured the 2022 is going to be fluctuating because I know that class isn't complete, but we're, I was going based off of, I think, whatever I think Wednesday's numbers were, I think it was. So. Yeah, and that's whenever I, I looked around that time frame too. And it, it's like, what was weird is like, they didn't gain any recruits. Mm. So I don't know if another school had a decommitment and now they bumped up. I have no clue, but yeah, that's, that's going to fluctuate. That's honestly, we could probably go check tomorrow and, and they'll be, be 15th, 18th. Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. So basically what I'm going to do is obviously highlighting some of the key players that are leaving. Um, North Carolina is missing or is about to lose a lot of key pieces just in three guys, right? You know what I mean? Javante Williams, Michael Carter, and Donami uh, Brown. And that alone is like over almost 4,000 total yards from just last year between them and so many touchdowns. I mean, we're talking, I think it's almost 40 touchdowns between the, the three guys there. Um, also looking at it, of course, you have the quarterback position. You have Sam Howell. Running back, uh, they've got a couple of really green guys that just have not seen the football field a whole lot, but they've got Elijah Green, Josh Henderson, and um, hold on, I got one more here. Elijah Elijah Brooks, I'm sorry. There we go. No, sorry, British Brooks. British sorry, Brooks. <laughs> British Brooks. <laughs> Elijah Brooks, British Brooks. It's, it is what it is. All right, so those are the three running backs that are kind of key highlights right now. Emery Simmons, Josh Downs, Caffrey Brown. Antonio Green and uh, Justin Olsen are some of the wide receivers coming in this year. And then, of course, at the tight end position, they have Garrett Walston. Um, Stoops, you've got some stuff on the incoming class. What do you got for us? Yeah, so, I mean, sitting – I mean, obviously, we know who the quarterback's going to be, right? It's Sam Howell. Um, he's got at least one more year left, I think, if he comes out and obviously does what, what we expect him to do. And it definitely improves in some areas. I, I think he declares after the season. But we'll see how that goes. But they got Drake May coming in. He's he's definitely a stud of a quarterback. He was the sixth-ranked pro-style uh, quarterback, but the 55th-ranked um, quarter um, overall prospect in, in his class. And one thing I, I've noticed, and I kind of looked more in-depth at it, you always talk about, like, you know, the UT or the Texas, the Texas A&Ms, the USC's, Miami's. Like, they've got to win their states, right? Mm -hmm. he's from North Carolina, Drake May is. So it, it, it's it's just key that, obviously, North Carolina wins North Carolina, right, as yeah. far as the recruiting battle goes. So, and there's plenty of other guys um, from the state that they've got, but Drake May is going to be coming in. Um, he's 6'5", 210, phenomenal size, right, phenomenal size. So um, I, I think he's definitely going to be the next guy up, but obviously he's got he's to wait his turn, which isn't always a bad thing. So, um, that's at the quarterback position. Running backs, they've got a they, man. I think this guy's going to be an immediate starter. If I'm if I'm going to be honest, I know they've got Ty Chandler coming in transfer. Um, but Camaro Edmonds, man, he's a four star guy, but he's five eleven. Um, I've seen it in two spots. One spot he's two hundred pounds, and I've seen another spot where he's two twenty seven. <laughs> that's, that's a big difference. <laughs> that's a that's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, right? just a little bit. But when I watch some of the film on him. He's quick. He's agile. He's got a good jump cut, so he's able to make people miss, but he's physical too, so I think he's going to come in. And how basically Javante Williams was kind of that bruiser, right? He was the one that got all the short yardage carries, um, and he just made, he was just able to run people over. I think that's the role he's going to fill, 
And I personally think Ty Chandler is going to be the guy that just takes the Michael Carter role. So I think we're still going to have that two-headed monster there. But I think Edmonds is going to be the guy for the next three years, right? He's going to be the one that just gets fed. Um, he was he's only he was the two hundred forty eighth ranked um, player, the thirteenth ranked running back. So he was not a highly ranked per se, you know, um, player. But he was again North Carolina, sixteenth ranked player in North Carolina. So they're winning that one. And then from the receiver side of things, they've got a couple guys coming in. They've actually got quite a few. Um, Wide receivers coming in. Gavin Blackwell, he's a four-star guy. He's 5'11", 164, so definitely more of a speed-type guy. He's not going to necessarily be that that red zone threat in the throw it up and have him go get it kind of thing. It's going to be more of a quick, agile-type type situation. Gabe Stevens is kind of a weird one. He's an athlete. They've, they've projected him to be at a D end, but he could play wide receiver. He was kind of doing everything at his school. When you're the, when you're the best player, you're, you're going you're gonna to do that. J.J. Jones, 6'3", 195. He was a three-star guy, but that size is nice. And then the other guy that they've got coming in, Kobe Paceauer? I don't know how to say his last name. But he was 6'1", 175, three-star guy as well. So, um, And they're all those guys are from either North Carolina or South Carolina. So they're doing what they need to do over on that side of things. Um, but, man, the one I'm most excited for is, is Edmonds at the running back position. I, I think he's going to be he's going to be a guy to watch for sure. So definitely – campus to canton leagues um especially he he's gonna be someone to snatch up if for whatever reason or somehow he's not already but he shouldn't be because he was an incoming freshman so those are kind of some of those key you know incoming guys um from the recruiting aspect that that you should definitely be keeping an eye on for sure yeah and the thing about it is is as we transition here we're going to break down kind of position by position and obviously bringing up sam howell right we all know sam howell's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the upcoming draft class i mean between the last two seasons he's got the 68 touchdowns he's got the 14 interceptions he's got well over 7,000 passing yards a few tidbits that i really do enjoy that he transitioned from this year to the last year or last uh 2020 2019 to 2020 was his completion percentages up seven points um that's key for me um we joke on this show it's you know, I'm a, I'm a Slovis guy, you're a Howell guy, but the thing about it is, is I've got them one, two right now. Um, I, I know that's kind of some, what I'm starting to see is somewhat controversial, I guess, weird, weirdly enough to say, because a lot of people don't aren't as high on Slovis, but we're not talking about Slovis today. That's next week. But um, a few things that I kind of am intrigued by, we talk about some of this incoming class, but he's missing a lot of key people. Like Michael Carter, Javante Williams leaving this offense is going to be very pivotal. This could be a season. If Sam Howe breaks out, you look at him and like, he's got to be the real deal because you're, you're missing tw- was it 20 you know, over th- 2,300 yards and 28 rushing touchdowns. Now that helps Sam Howe period, right? Period. The run game is just a grind and pound ground and pound type of offense. Now, speaking of Sam Howell, some of the things that I do like, um, he does have a 46%, which is which ranks um, second, I think it is, in this upcoming 2022 class, but he had a 46% completion percentage on his uh, deep balls. Very impressive for me because obviously deep balls are very 50-50 balls, so he's close to that 46 percentage. But one key stat that I was looking at that I like about Sam Howell, he's got a 63% completion percentage whenever he's blitzed. And when he's under pressure, that's one of those things that you're going to consistently see. 
Sam Howell's not the prototypical size that I like from a quarterback. Okay. I understand he's six one. And yes, you will hear me say that plenty of times. I'm not saying that six one quarterbacks can't be successful in the NFL. So don't think that I'm saying that. I just feel like when you're watching Sam Howell, he needs that elusiveness and he kind of needs that uh, ability to read the blitz and still complete passes. As I was watching tape this year, I, I or this past week on Sam Howell, I became more and more impressed with some of the capabilities that he has. He's very shifty in the pocket. Very. It's And he throws effortlessly. That's a hard word. It's like one of the easiest words. It is. You can't get it. He throws effortlessly uh, across his body. There were several plays, especially in the game against Texas A&M. And I forget who he threw it to. It's one of the guys I'm going to talk about later. But um, it, it was just an amazing cross his body pass. And and he just threw it, I think, 60 yards over over everybody's head at Texas A&M and just scored a touchdown. So for me, this is going to be a very pivotal year for Hal to kind of set him not set himself apart because that top quarterback, this is not there's no clear cut one to a lot of people. Right. Some people have Hal. Some people have Slovis. Some people have Daniel. Some people have Rattler. You know what I mean? So there's so many different guys in this class. If he's able to find the same success from the last two seasons, we're looking at potentially the quarterback one because of his success. Stoops, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, he, he, as we've said, he is my QB one um, in, in the class. And it's funny when you watch him play, um, he's definitely, he's, he's a throw first quarterback, which is great. But what's funny is when he came out, he was listed as a dual threat quarterback. He can run the ball, right? It's just not necessarily um, his first instinct per se. So I just found it kind of crazy that he was was listed as that dual threat. But last year, you look at it. I mean, so let's go back. Freshman year, he had 94 rush attempts for only 35 yards, right? Then you fast forward to the 2020 season, 92 rush attempts for 146 yards and five touchdowns with only one his first, first year on campus. So... It's just one of those where he he's able to get it done on the ground when he needs to. It's kind of like, and I'm not comparing the two by any means, but it's kind of like with Trevor Lawrence, where it's like when he first got there, it was just throw, throw, run a little bit, but then it's like it kind of became one of his his things, right? When he needed to, he showed he can do it. So it's one of those as well where it, it's nice to have a quarterback that's mobile enough to to gain, even if it is just three, four yards, right? To get, you know, potentially that first down, a touchdown would be nice. But he, he's able to make it happen on the ground when needed. And I love seeing that from him. But I mean, you hit it on 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 you know his his playing style and what he likes to do. Um, you throw out some numbers that I didn't know, so that's awesome. But no, Sam Hell, he's he's definitely gonna be the guy next year. But like you said, he is losing quite a few guys with, I mean, Brown, he's losing Daz Newsome um, as well, plus the two running backs out of the backfield. So it's one of those, I mean, they had a combined 50 receptions um, out of the backfield. That's not including the guys that are coming back, but I'll top my head when I looked at it, I think they only had maybe like four total receptions for the returning running backs. So they weren't a massive impact last year. Obviously this year, it's going to be a little bit interesting to see kind of what they do um, in the backfield, but it's a big year for Hal. I, I really think it is um, because, like you said, there is no clear-cut one um, in this class for for most people. Um, yeah. It's going to be, it's yeah, going to be, be jockeying for position, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. That's basically what this season is. And and to me, 
I see a scenario where Hal's one is easily the quarterback one in this draft and consensusly across the board, depending on what he does this season. You can't the one thing that he does better than Slovis is he's he's shiftier in the pocket, right? Mm-hmm. And we've become more of a league of that has to be a key, right? He's got to again, one of the things that I was impressed with that that 63% completion percentage whenever he's blitzed was a number that I was really astounded by because to me that that shows patience, but that also shows that he's his ability to stand tall in the pocket and stand tall at six one is a little bit harder than it sounds. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's not as easy to stand tall in the pocket if you are um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who's like six twenty-five. You know what I mean? Like he's just tall. But when you're six one and you're able to stand in the pocket and complete sixty-three percent of your passes it blew my mind to read some of these stats. Like, and, and he just has stats collectively across the board. Uh, he's able to connect under pressure. He's even at 53%, which is a little bit lower, but again, it's breaking down his numbers completely here. So 70 of 111, 63% completion percentage, 1138 yards, 13 touchdowns, only one interception. Now he did take 17 sacks, but I don't take that as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. A quarterback that knows when to take a sack versus or throw it away versus a guy that hangs on to it too long is something I can really appreciate, right? And on top of that, when blitzed of those 70 completions, 62 went for first downs. So it's it's one of the, again, it's one of those things when I was looking at it, I was floored by because you know I'm not saying that I don't like Hal, I do, but I became more and more impressed by Hal as I watched him as I dug some d- deeper into some of these stats. So It'll be interesting to see what's in store for 2021 for him. But speaking of the running back position, I mean, you know, like I I mentioned earlier in the show, so there's a, was it, I think it's 2,385 yards rushing, 28 rushing touchdowns, 572 yards, and five receiving touchdowns. Gone. Gone. You know what I mean? The transfer of Ty Chandler is going to help ease that. I do believe. Um, Stoops, give me give me your thoughts on this running back scenario here. I know you said you liked the uh, what's his name earlier. So yeah, I, I just you know so I looked at it whenever. So I looked at like British Brooks and, and Josh Henderson stats. Um, what they had last year, obviously they were very very like throw them in when the others are running or, or tired kind of situation, right? Yeah. No disrespect to them, but combined. They had 42 rush attempts for 160 yards, three receptions for 10 yards. So they definitely were not um, focal points in that offense. It's going to be interesting to see how they they handle the running back um, situation this season because they do have the experience with the playbook, right? They have the experience with play calling, with the playbook, with just you know the offensive line, what whoever they have returning, don't returning, whatever. But it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. But one thing I found crazy was so British Brooks, he he was the one that kind of led the way per se out of the two 24 <laughs> rush attempts, 99 yards, yeah. but 53 and a half percent of his total yards came in the orange bowl against a yep. and So that's where a chunk of those yards came from. So it's one of those where they kind of showed that, Hey, this is the next guy up. Right. Right. So that's exactly what I thought as well. Whenever I was looking at the stats, it, because Williams nor um, Carter played in that Orange Bowl, correct? You know what I mean, and I was looking at because 
that that to me was the key to looking at who's the next guy who's mm-hmm. potentially even at the receiver position with Brown and Newsom gone as well. Like that was key for me as well. So what I'm going to be interested to see is how does like their spring practices, spring games, just yep. your practices, obviously that we can't see so on and so forth. How does Edmonds adapt to the, um, the playbook, you know, being an incoming freshman, like, does he get that opportunity? Does he say, Hey, you know, or does, is he told, you know, like, Hey, you got to sit and wait kind of thing. I, I just think that's, what's going to be interesting. Cause I think Ty Chandler coming in, I, not that the, the role is given to him automatically. You've got to earn it still. Yeah. But, but just having the, the college experience already, I think that gives him an advantage. So I wouldn't be shocked if it was Ty Chandler and British Brooks kind of as that one, two, um, the only catch is going to be, they're basically the same size and you know how, and again, I'm kind of going back to what we've seen, but how they have that bruiser and then yeah. they have that more, you know, agile playmaker type running back. Ty Chandler and British Brooks are both basically 5'11, 205 for Chandler, 5'11, 200 for Brooks. So yeah. they're essentially the same size running back. So it almost seems that they would be jockeying for that, you know, agile kind of speed guy. Yep. And that's where Henderson and Edmonds would be kind of jockeying for that other bruiser, you know, role. So I'm just interested to see kind of what happens in this offseason. But um, I think either way, Mac Brown's such a he's such a good coach and he's got got good staff behind him. Um, what we've seen in the what the two years going into his third year now, what we've seen so far and how quick he's made, you know, the program relevant, truthfully, um, much more relevant than than they've been before, because North Carolina has always been a basketball school. Yeah. And here we are, and it's Flip-flop. almost like yeah, because even the basketball team's not doing like that great, from what I've yeah remember hearing. I don't I don't keep up with college <laughs> basketball much, but I do know that they're not doing so hot. So it's just crazy to see how how the roles have reversed, and it just Mac Brown's just such a he's such a good recruiter. He's such a good you know coach. I mean, you saw what he did back at Texas. He he's kind of in my opinion, not to bring up Texas and go on this tangent, but I think he's the reason that Texas has such high standard. You know, yeah. J.K. Royal, when he was the coach years and years and years ago, obviously he was successful there. But Mac Brown, he was just kind of the reason that a coach gets fired after having a winning record, right? That's why they moved on. Even though Herman had a winning record overall, they moved on from him because he wasn't getting it done to the level they expect. And I can see North Carolina getting to that level, um, especially if he continues to win on these big guys. And one one fun fact real quick. I know I'm going on a Mac Brown tangent. North Carolina's recruits, right? They've only, ha- according to 24-7, um, kind of as far back as they go, North Carolina's only ever had five five-star recruits. Mac Brown has had two of those five, and he's Probably. only been there going into his third year, right? Ooh. So it's just crazy that he's had not quite 50%, obviously, but two of the five have been over the past two years. And technically, both of them, Tony Grimes, he, he reclassified to the 2020 class. He was technically a 2021 guy. Both of them would have been in the same class. So Mac Brown's just doing great things there. He's, he's obviously recruited running backs in the past. He's done great things. Um, and obviously, he trusts his coaching staff to make decisions they need to make. But the running back situation, I think that's where there's, I don't want to say concerns, not concerns, I'm sorry, questions. Um, as to what's going to happen because they have the options, right? They've got four guys that they can kind of put into any of those roles and make it happen. So it's going to be a battle for sure. Um, personally, I would like to see Chandler and Edmonds. I think that would be a good little combo, but Brooks and Henderson do have the experience in, in that offense. So they've kind of got the advantage in that sense. 
Yeah, so I was looking at that and and some of the key stats that kind of pointed out to me when I was looking at it, British uh, British Brooks there, um, in his last two seasons of high school, he was a walk-on, by the way. Yeah, He got a walk-on scholarship, which is impressive enough, right? Because I was reading an article about Brown said that he was their special teams player of the year, so he earned a scholarship, right? Yep. Yep. You know, a walk-on player. First of all, that to me, when I read this story, I was like, I'm all in on British Brooks, the, the success story, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because... You go from and North Carolina is a, again a, has become a powerhouse in in college football now, right? You know, so over the last couple of years since Brown's come over, but in his last two seasons in high school, he had twenty five hundred ninety seven yards and thirty one touchdowns, right? You know what I mean? So he's got the legs and the ability to kind of be successful. Even looking at like Henderson and Green, nothing really stands out about either one of these guys because, like you said, if you look at the most recent game, it was the Brooks show. While he wasn't super overly impressive, but that game was high scoring. The run game was not really a factor for them. And and it is Howe's offense. And of course, this is the first game you're playing without Williams and Carter back to back. So there's a lot of questions to be uh, asked, but I think you're you're right. Chandler coming in. Another thing that Chandler does is Chandler catches the ball very well. Mm-hmm. It's 16 catches last year, I think it was. Yeah. And, and that to me is, yeah, 16 catches for 111 yards. And the thing about, um, Chandler as a collective whole in four seasons with UT, he had 58 catches for 465 yards. So that to me is impressive as well. So I do think that Chandler has an opportunity to improve his draft stock based on his ability to catch footballs. Because like we said, there's 572 receiving yards left on the ground, but there's also 2,300, you know, rushing yards for Chandler and and for Brooks, I think that's going to be the one-two punch. But like you said, they're kind of the same size, so it'll be interesting to see how they utilize them. But after the season they had this year and the success that Michael Carter has had since Brown's been around, I'm I'm definitely investing in this running back group moving forward. Not just mm-hmm. this year, but moving forward. It's one that I think that you have to keep an eye on because of Michael. I'm not saying Mark, Michael Carter wasn't somebody coming in; he was, but his improvement from year one to this past year is impressive. I mean, he's talking, he's, he's in the talk to be a top five running back. I don't think last year he would have been as much. And then of course, Javante Williams just mm-hmm. blew the doors off the, off the uh, draft class as well. So I like this running back group. It's going to be interesting though, because the same thing as we transition into the wide receiver group, it, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks around the board. And the same thing with the running backs there isn't a lot of guys that have a whole lot of of stats from this past year that to kind of grasp onto. You know, you had 55 catches, 1,099 yards, and six touchdowns by the wayside uh, because of Brown. And then Newsom had 54, 684, and six touchdowns last year, right? So there's a lot of different factors to, to, to see here. Um, one guy that I really like, um was was Josh Downs yeah. um, very 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 impressive obviously with the the impressive play and I was talking about um that play the play I was talking about earlier where Hal scrambled out of the pocket and threw the touchdown it was a Josh Downs in that bowl game mm-hmm. I was watching the, I was watching the highlights from the bowl game and when Hal first off I don't know how he threw the ball like 40 yards across his body but he read the pressure kind of escaped eluded the pocket it's because he can bench 500 pounds <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I thought that was like an actual fact or something. 
I should have just run with it then. You should have. I did. I, I thought it was legit. I mean, it sounds cool. I'm like six one, like two. Damn, like five hundred. Jeez. Um, but again, and he just he just took that ball to the house. You know, what I mean? nobody, nobody. I think nobody was in like fifteen yards of of him. And then of course you have a Caffrey Brown, somebody that's impressive. He did have a decent year. Uh, the fifteen catches, three thirty. He did average twenty two yards a catch. Yeah. To me, that's you know that kind of it's impressive. Um, I think. And when Brown was recruited, he was one of the fastest uh, fastest receivers in his class. So that's another thing that was impressive. Another thing for him, um, first off, I think Brown and Downs are going to be very, very good in this offense. They're two top speed heavy guys. And I, but the one thing that I noticed as well, um, Brown, again, speaking of these long touchdowns, there's so many of them in this offense this year. But um, Brown in the game against Virginia took a 70 70- six yard touchdown. Now it was like a 12 yard slant and he just outran the defense. You know what I mean? And, and that's the type of offense that this team really relies on that quick passing attack post run game. You know what I mean? little play action. That's the type of offense. And some of these guys are really like seeing what they do opposite. Now they don't have a lot of stats to back up a lot of things, because if you look at it, I think Brown on the season had like 330 yards. So 75 yards came on one and play. You know what I mean? So it wasn't that high. And the weird thing about it is, is what I, another thing that I noticed about Howell, again, I, I can't believe I'm saying so many good things about Howell on podcasts here, but with Howell. Tides might be turning. <laughs> one thing that I noticed, he does divvy out that ball to everybody. He yeah. spreads that wealth out. Because even if you look at it, like Brown had over a thousand yards. But the next guy was Newsom with 684. You know what I mean? Like it was a 400 yard difference. And then after that, you have a couple guys with 300. And then of course you had the pair of running backs over a couple uh, 200 together. You know, so you had a lot of division throughout the football throughout the entire team. So uh, looking at the top half of that of this wide receiver group, I, I really, 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 really like Josh Downs and to see him in the full season in Don, uh, uh, Brown's shoes. I'm excited about it. I'm very, very excited about it. Stoops, what are your thoughts on this receiving crew? Yeah, Josh Downs is the guy that I'm I'm most excited. I even have that as a note next to him. But um, I'm most excited about him. And like you said, I mean, he's going to – there's just so many receptions and and receiving yards that are out there and available now with Brown and Newsom gone. And the crazy thing is about Brown and Newsom, like you said, just almost 1,100 yards from Brown, 684 from Newsom. But they were only one reception apart, right? So that just kind of shows what Brown – did and could do for that offense and what he was able to make make happen when that ball was you know in his hands but no Josh Downs I think is definitely going to be the guy to to benefit most from this I mean you just saw it you know in that A&M game uh reverses A&M it he's the guy that, that just stood out for for myself obviously he stood out for you and foot, stood out for a lot of people so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they make all that work I'm You've got to think, and, and, and this doesn't always happen, but you got to think one of these incoming freshmen, I'm not saying they're going to be the guy, right? But they're going no, to make an impact. Started, right, yeah. they're going to get started. There's, what, 400? Hang on one second. I was looking at that. Uh, Hal threw the ball 348 times. Yeah. And there's, like, you know, that like 300 of those attempts are, like, gone. So Yeah, and, and, it's, and, and it very well could be that now one of these guys, or two of them, whatever, are going to be that 15 receptions for 300 yards with a couple touchdowns sprinkled in, right? Yep. We're not saying that they're going to be 
you know, taking over that Brown role. They're not, they're not doing that. No, but maybe, maybe they do, but yeah. <laughs> we don't know, but well, it, they could be this year's, you know, they could be this year's, you know, Coffrey Brown, you know what I mean? That's exactly, that's, you know, like you said, the 15, 337 couple touchdowns. So it's, it's one of those where they do have a lot to, to fill um, and, and a lot to get squared away to continue progressing the season or, or progressing as they've been doing essentially. Um, and I just think it's going to happen. I, I think, and I was looking at their schedule. Now there's a couple games, obviously that, you know, are always tricky for them. Like they always struggle with like Virginia. Um, Miami's going to be kind of an interesting one. Notre Dame they've got on the schedule. So there's some games on there. And then NC State, it's just that rivalry aspect. So you never really know. I think North Carolina is a way better team than NC State. But when you throw that rivalry aspect into it, it's going to be interesting. So they're going to have some hurdles in the schedule. I think they finish with a really, really, really good record. I think they only lose to Notre Dame. That's kind of my personal opinion on that. So I think they're going to finish ranked pretty high and continue you know, their progression of, 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 of everything in the program. But... It's just going to be very interesting to see how this offseason or, you know, the the spring training and all this stuff really starts to pan out and who starts to stand out. Um, and once we start to see some solid depth charts come out. So I'm just excited to finally see kind of a North Carolina released depth chart, not a projected depth chart from, you know, us and, and, and other people as well. But yeah, you have some you, roles to fill for sure. Yeah. If you look at that schedule, what's kind of crazy to me is they have you know, like you said, a t- couple tough games throughout the season, but they don't really have, they have that uh, Notre Dame and Miami game back to back. And or wait. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. So that to me is going to be pretty, I think they might have a bye week mixed in. That's kind of what it looks like, but it's still back to back games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with that. So, but outside of that, I, I mean, I'm impressed. Like I said, Josh Downs, I mean, to me, he really was quiet all year. Mm-hmm. And then, kind of watching him in that Texas A and M game, obviously had seven catches on the year total, and only and then three touchdowns, which I like those. <laughs> I like that yeah. rate a whole lot. But you know, with so many targets missing, I'm, you know, it's a guy that I wasn't really aware of prior to kind of diving deep into this game. Obviously, I saw him a little bit in that Texas A and M game, but watching him take the top off that defense against Texas A and M, and then just the ability of him, and then of course, Caffrey Brown, and any of these guys incoming. There's a lot of potential lined up for players. And I can understand why a guy like Ty Chandler, you know, switched the ship. You know what I mean? Everybody left. Everybody left Tennessee. Everyone left Tennessee. But I can't wait for us to talk about Tennessee. We're going to have to add them to the schedule just because we don't even know who's going to play there. Any uh, Anybody other than my man, Harrison Bailey, which I can't believe he has stayed there. But uh, well, and apparently some like his dad came out or someone basically came out and said, like, the, the loyalty and the respect they have for like the coach is the reason they're staying. Yeah. So basically what that means is he got a lot of money. <laughs> right. He had <laughs> he, he had four bags of the McDonald's, yeah. uh, McDonald's goods here. Um, but uh, again, North Carolina is an intriguing team. I do think this is going to be a pivotal year for that offense. I think that this is going to be a testament to how good Mac Brown is as a head coach. Because if they can be successful again this year, I'm going to be very, very impressed with what North Carolina is building. And this could be an interesting year if they could, you know, squeeze by Notre Dame or even make it competitive, even if they're what, 10 and one or whatever it is. See, and that's what I have. I have them at 10 and one. I think you know? they lose to Notre Dame because it's in Notre Dame, but yep. I think they could also win that game. I, I do too. I, it's just, it's, it's, that's the, to me, that, that's going to be the deciding factor on what happens. And I think, because Notre Dame, correct me if I'm wrong, but Notre Dame's going back to independent now, right? They're I not. So, yes. Okay. So basically, it's going to be North Carolina and Clemson. 
Right. And the ACC and I, championship game. And the thing game. about it is, is I, I, I mean, obviously Clemson has recruited well. Obviously, to me, the pivotal factor is going to be how they put the pieces together on this offense. Yep. You know what I mean? How much of the offseason can they build this offense and how, you know, how much of a Rappaport can Hal get with these receivers? Luckily, like we talked about, Chandler's going to be key. Obviously, he's never been mm-hmm. in this offense. But some of these receivers at least have experience in this offense. While minute, even Coffee Brown, though, with his 15 catches, he, he's a he's a barn burner, 22 yards a catch. But I do think that they have the opportunity to do a lot of big things this year. And I'm excited, man. I'm, yeah. I'm super excited about what North Carolina can do. And this is the kind of the perfect segue um, while we're talking about quarterbacks. And like I said, at the top of the show, we're going to each and every week, we are going to dive into some of our Debbie rankings. And at the end, maybe the last week that we do it, like I said, we're going to do 15 through 11. And the next week we'll do 10 through six and then five through one the week after that. But I think the week that we do five through one, we'll kind of go back through and give you our top 15 as a collective whole. But um, there's a lot of interesting talent to talk about. You know what I mean? I was, I really kind of worked really hard on my rankings this week and I was going pretty in depth. And when I was, I was struggling because t- I think it's top heavy. My, my rankings are pretty solid. That top, you know, five or six is that, was that the same for you? I would say in that range. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I, I've got a lot of question marks, but there's a lot of guys that I put in my, my 15 through 11 is going to be interesting. And uh, let's, let's, I'll do my 15, 14. You do your 15, 14, and then we'll do 13 through 11. Okay. So I'll give you my 15 and that's Carson strong out of Nevada. I like what this kid can do. Six four two fifteen. I think that he's got some upside. Um, it's going to be for this class coming up this year. Um, small school, kind of concerning. Obviously, Nevada's not that big of a school. That's why he's a little bit lower. But I, I think the tools are there. They haven't then, had anybody since Colin Kaepernick, right? Yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah. So I think he's got the upside. Upside there. Obviously, me. You know, it's it's funny because I think that he is. In my top 15, I think I have like three guys above six, five, six, four, and he's like one of them because all these other guys are like midgets. But, um, real I don't quick, mean real that. quick, no, seriously though, whenever you were talking about like Howell and his six one, I'm kind of like looking at the quarterbacks that are, it <laughs> seems like the quarterbacks this year are six foot. Now, there's a couple yeah. that are obviously six, four, six, five, but it's like most of them seem to be six foot to six two. Like that's yep. kind of what this, this quarterback class is. So, yeah. It's 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 kind of crazy how that worked, and then you've got other ones where it's like everyone's six five and up. Everybody in that twenty twenty four class is is ten feet tall. Yeah. Um, speaking of the twenty twenty four class, I have Sam Heward uh, from Washington at number yes. fourteen right now. Um, I love this kid. Th- th- I'm telling you, this twenty twenty four class could be one of the most insane draft classes we ever see because obviously there's a lot. There's there's I'm not gonna say how many. There's a couple other quarterbacks that I'll talk about later on that are in my top fifteen, but. I love Sam Heward. I, I think that obviously he's funny. He's six two two, so yeah. <laughs> he's the shorter of the twenty twenty four prospects. But um, yeah, so that's my fifteen fourteen. What's yours? So my fifteen is Sam Heward. I was wondering <laughs> if you were gonna have him or not, but he, man, when I was when I was looking at the twenty twenty four, and I will say I I did not go super in depth with it, but I kind of watched a couple of the top guys. And I was just a huge fan. Uh, I sent you some clips, like whenever, whenever I was watching some of it. And man, he, I just loved his his touch on the ball already. Right? I mean, as a senior in high school, he was just dropping it in into the pockets in the run for the on the run for the receivers. I, I love him a lot. Right? Yep. So I got him at fifteen. 
Um, I've got Graham Mertz at 14 out of Wisconsin. What we saw, you know, as small of a sample size as it may have been, let's say, but I was impressed with what I saw from him. I, I think he can continue to progress. Um, I just like Graham Mertz, right? I, I'm just yeah. excited to see what we get out of him. But yeah, that's my 15 14. Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, my 13 is uh, CJ Stroud from Ohio State. Um, I think that he's got a lot of, I mean, we talked about this the other day. Um, you and I were talking about this the other day. We're like, man, he has, they have their receivers. Like they have like 95, five, four, four star receivers on the roster. Like if you don't succeed with that, then you are the problem. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause their receiving core is insane. I've got Graham Mertz at 12 and then I've got my second favorite quarterback from this 2024 class at number 11. That's Drake May. From North Carolina. I've got him sliding to number 11. He's 6'5, 210. Oh, man. I, and he has got a cannon on him. Now, now it's kind of funny. I, I can't wait to see some pictures with Drake May in this backfield throwing the football next to Sam Howell. He's like 10 foot taller than he is, but, you know, not literally, guys. Um, yes, I'd like to make midget quarterback jokes. Okay. Leave me alone. But, <laughs> but my 15, like I said, 15, Carson Strong. Sam Heward, 14, CJ Stroud, 13, Graham Mertz, 12, Drake May, 11. Hit us with your 13, 11, and then give us a roundup, Stoops. Yeah, so my 13, I've got Phil Jerkovic. Jerkovic? Uh, I don't know, sure. Never know how to say his name. Out of uh, at Boston College. Um, I like him, right? He, he's he's one of those that I think six, can... 6'5". Six, yeah, he can. He, he's still got to do a lot to really help himself, I think, in, in the grand scheme of it all. But I do think he's still one of kind of more the underrated um, quarterbacks. I think he can definitely help himself out quite a bit. So sitting at 12, I kind of struggled putting this guy this low, but I did, obviously. <laughs> Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. Um, he's just been on a roller coaster ride for me because um, I had him up as high as I want. I don't remember exactly, but I want to say what I think I had him in his class last year, the 2021. I think I had him up at like five at one time. Um, which would put him much higher in overall here. But no, I, I dropped him a little bit. So Brock Purdy sitting at 12. And you're going to hate this one, but I'm going to do it. I got Jaden Daniels at 11. I'm sure you've got him much higher than me. Wow, yeah. that's spicy. Yeah, I've got Jaden Daniels sitting at 11. Um, I'm just not as sold as you are, you know, and, and other people. And I'll probably be wrong, and that's fine. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But I just, I don't know. There's just something about it. I just, I want to see a little bit more. So I've, I, I obviously, I have Jaden higher than you do, obviously, but I need to see him fix his accuracy. It is a disaster watching him on tape. And that, I mean, and that's like, that means you, you have like what, 10, 12 games this year to showcase that your accuracy is, is better than what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of the hype in him as like Trey Lance, which I've never been big on Trey Lance. I've li- I've grown keener to Trey Lance over the last couple of weeks, kind of watching word. Keener. I don't know. I just made it up. It's, it's, it is. I don't even know anymore, but I, I've, I've grown to like Lance a little bit more, not, not enough to put him uh, in my top three, but you know, it's, I don't know, man. I agree with you. I do think that, but I think it's his upside on the ground is yeah. what everybody really, but my big thing is he's 185 pounds. Yeah. Like, can we confirm that ukulele is really 245 pounds? I need him on a scale, please. Because yeah. like everywhere I've read that he's like 240, 240. Is it possible to be that big, that agile, and be that good? It's 
I mean, well, then what's crazy is so his brother, if I remember reading correctly, his brother is a defensive end. So, oh my god! So it's possible that yeah. he really is six four two forty five. He's just agile. I don't. Yeah. Even, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I was just looking at him. I because I have it laid out. I mean, you have the same layout, but looking at the height and the weight, and it's like he's like twenty. He's what? I mean, he's uh, sixty pounds heavier than Jaden Jaden Daniels. Yeah. You know, obviously, and he only has one foot on him. Jaden Daniels six three. Nope. Uh, to me, I don't even know. I'm sorry. I go on a tangent here, but you know, my boy Harrison Bailey's six five two thirty. So. Um, it's interesting because I, and I'm not going to spoil this. There's a, I think I have like four or five, three-star athletes, three-star, uh, ranked guys in that top, top tier of this draft. So it's not always about what they're ranked, but, um, I'm a big, big Drake May guy, Sam Heward, yeah. the, the other guys that I'm not going to mention yet. Well, some of the guys lower down that from the 2024 class, like Caleb Williams, Kyle McCord, JJ McCarthy, you know what I mean? That those type of guys, I'm really keen of they're just on the bottom and you know what you brought up brock um uh, brock purdy i wasn't a fan last year i don't even have him in my top 20 you know what i mean like i really don't i just i and i don't blame you for having because i know you've you were really high on him last year we talked about it on the yeah. show and he just kind of dipped down and i'm okay with that because honestly i just i don't know right well, you know? i just think he, he's as weird as it sounds like having what Char charlie um Kolar, I can never say these names. Yeah. Anyway, having him come back, um, obviously he's got uh, Brees Hall in the back still. So I just he's just one that I think this year. It, so he had a great year, first year right starter. Yeah. Next year was like meh. He, he had some moments. So again, I think this is a big year for him um, to see what really happens. You know, overall. So uh, we'll see. You know, we'll yeah. see. It's for kind sure. of for me. It's kind of seeing what I saw the good of it right. is kind of keeping me around, right? Exactly. It's keeping me around. Um, and he very well could, when we do kind of our final or even an updated rankings, if he hasn't done much, he might've dropped out. I don't know. We'll see. Absolutely. So. And that's the thing. Like for me, it's me. It's, I think it's just me being a little bit more enamored from these further classes out. Yeah. The reason why um, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad Carson strong got brought up. I, I'm these one guy. I'm really, him and Graham Mertz are two guys that I really feel like can make moves in this class. Like, Spoiler like, alert. He'll get brought up again. Which, uh, uh, strong. strong. Yeah. I love strong dude. I was struggling with my putting him in there. So I, I mean, obviously yeah. you have him higher than I do, but I'm just, Oh God, he's so, he's got the prototypical size as well. But, uh, folks do us a favor, hit us up on Twitter at the Debbie delight, hit stoops up at stoops. 1990. Give myself uh, a look at, at Ricky Blair underscore. But if you have any teams that we want to cover, uh, you want us to cover next week? We're going to be covering USC. Uh, we kind of picked the two teams that we're kind of keen to talking about on here, only because of the quarterbacks, really. But pretty much, know, the slow <laughs> and how. But we do have a schedule lined up. We did have some responses on Twitter, so I'm excited to tackle those. We're going to tackle those in the future episodes. But if you have anybody that you want us to talk about, we're doing this leading up to this season, and maybe maybe even through the season as well, just because we'll be finding out more and more about each of these teams and like teams like North Carolina that have a lot of fluctuation in the depth chart. Maybe in a couple months, we'll rehash them just to talk about them for a few minutes because, you know, maybe Ty Chandler has come out and stood out in spring practices, but I'm very excited to do this next week. We'll tackle USC and then we'll give you guys our 10 through six quarterback rankings. So I'm super excited about that. And thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later.